Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Harditz, and joining me, as he always does, in this lovely Friday afternoon to talk all things injuries, Nick Botterford at Nick Botterford NFL. Nick, great day. Be great, my friend. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Ian? Uh, not good, man. There's injuries all over the damn place. Uh, everything <laughs> we, you know, practice, we preach for the first four days of the week. Not all of it's out the window, but damn it, a lot of it is. So, you know. Normal normal Friday in the NFL world. We'll roll with the punches, as always, get you guys figured out with the new right moves to make in Fantasyland. As always on this episode of the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast, going quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. Appreciate YouTubers out there listening to us live. Feel free to uh, throw some questions in the comments. We'll try to get to as many of those as possible. Realize, though, we do have a good order here, and we will get to all these players, so I'm not ignoring you if that's the case. But, Nick, let's start things off with – the biggest name of the week, and that is going to be Chargers quarterback Justin Herbert. Officially questionable with the ribs injury, but the big disclaimer here is that he did not take first-team reps on Friday. That went to Chase Daniel, the real-life Alex Moran. Even the bigger, I think, just obvious takeaway here is that the Chargers spread has moved from them being seven-point favorites to only three-point favorites. Honestly, kind of – I'm not sure if that reflects the fact that Herbert could still play because I would have thought it would have been an even bigger drop-off just going from Herbert to Chase Daniel. Can't overstate how terrible this would be for everyone in this offense. This is already an offense that a lot of smart football minds have critique about not being aggressive enough, but Justin Herbert makes it work because he's Justin freaking Herbert. Going from Herbert to Chase Daniel, I equate that to going from Dak Prescott to Cooper Rush. Like This is a situation now where, yes, you keep Austin Eckler in all your fantasy starting lineups with Keenan Allen shaping up as a game-time decision i think mike williams should be in every starting lineup other than that though nick i am fine with not really dipping our toes into the chargers waters this week yeah i agree i mean i, I we we might find out that the cooper rush comp is even generous <laughs> i know that would uh that would honestly be worst case but it, it's possible that's chase daniel we have not gotten anything out of him his entire career i think he's had eight touchdowns and yeah fair play to the guy he gets freaking paid it keeps happening but yeah this is a four o'clock kickoff here in la so if you have justin herbert on your squad i would really be trying to look elsewhere immediately you cannot trust him to be suiting up i think the obvious ad would be marcus Mariota because they got that game in seattle at the same time so you wouldn't necessarily be sacrificing quite as much but yes Marcus Mariota, I would say top waiver wire ad for rosters that now suddenly need to replace Justin Herbert. And yeah, also Keenan Allen, not a guarantee. We'll get to him more there in a bit. 
with the Buccaneers, Tom Brady. So this was interesting. He doesn't have an injury designation, but he popped up on Friday, and they're basically saying the ring finger on his right hand uh, is messed up. Not ideal, Nick. Got to kind of throw the football, and uh, with that going on now, I think it'd be possible to expect Brady to be operating at less than 100%, and we already know his wide receiver room is freaking shattered at the moment. Last week, he wasn't showing signs of like falling off in terms of his own ability. I mean, just really throwing one good ball after another. Scotty Miller had a couple near catches, beautiful touchdown on Brashad Perryman. But by God, like even Perryman's questionable. Gage is questionable. Evans is out. Goblin's out. Scotty Miller was on the injury report this week. Like it's so many injuries, man. I was already teetering on even just treating Brady as a low end QB one. Now that he's hurt too. Like, I, I'm updating my ranks after we record this. I had Tom Brady as QB 11 going into this. At this point, man, I'm probably going to drop him down. Like, who would you start this week, man? Marcus Mariota or Tom Brady? Mariota. Yeah, I think so, too. What about Brady and Jameis? That, this is, like, the area I'm kind of looking. I Yes, I think, I think so because I think that Winston is going to attempt far more yeah. passes. I would, I'm going to move Brady down that low-end QB2 range. Do not be afraid to get him on the bench for right now. Better days are going to be ahead. Again, this is not – I'm not worried about Tom Brady's first two weeks of, like, of him you know, finally losing the father time. It's just you take away literally the top two, maybe even top three. Oh, I forgot to mention Julio Jones is a game-time decision too. There's another player. You take away any quarterback's top three receivers, and we're going to be having the same conversation about moving them down in the ranks. Couple of situations though that we can breeze through. Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson briefly terrified all of Twitter with the compression sleeve on his right elbow. He's fine though, expecting to be his usual magical self ahead of week three's matchup against the Patriots. Dak Prescott expecting to miss another game. Cooper Rush though under center. Jameis Winston is listed as questionable, but we're fully expecting him to play through those fractures in his back. Again, supposed to be more of a pain tolerance issue as opposed to anything that's really going to limit what he can do out there. Also, Jets quarterback Zach Wilson missing another week. Joe Flacco remains under center so that's the quarterback conversation let's talk a little running back here unfortunately several more that we're just not going to know more about until sunday morning first off saints running back alvin kamara officially questionable with the rib injury he did practice all week though in a limited fashion but nick last week when we were talking at this time he was coming off some dmps and certainly seemed on the wrong side of questionable if active i think you said it best last week it's alvin kamara if he's active he's too big of a part of the offense to not be in your starting lineup if he's not active, I want nothing to do with this three-back committee that's going to be going on behind him. If anything, Nick, like just with Kamara in this shape, I like Jameis in this passing game this week, man. Going up against the Panthers defense, you know, their speeds are cornerback one, Dante Jackson. He's questionable with a hamstring injury. Man, I know you have some weekly DFS content out there. Like when I was kind of doing some shows today, looking at the slate, Saints passing game is where it's at this week. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, we and we all know about the Olave air yards at this point. I think I've got Michael Thomas up like high end wide receiver two. You, you might be able to make the case that he should be in the wide receiver ones, like back end. But um, yeah, it, it should be easy for them. I am making that case. Wide receiver 11 on the week. And you look at his DraftKings price, he's like 5,800 or something. Like he is, in my opinion, like the two most mispriced receivers that jumped out to me were Stefan Diggs, who, yeah, it was a Monday night thing. That, that that happens a lot. But then Michael Thomas, man, like what what more evidence do we need here? It was, uh, you know, on Sundays, I, I tweet so damn much that I try to like save some at night when I'm like finally like kind of doing uh, some 
stat stuff. So I like to schedule the tweets uh, throughout the morning, Nick. It makes it look like I just never sleep. Uh, I'll have to keep it mysterious. As a, I, mean, <laughs> I think as a, uh, there's a good quote from Roger Sterling on Mad Men back in the day. Like, nobody knows what I'm doing back here. It's good for the mystique. But I accidentally scheduled a tweet for like Friday morning instead of Monday morning. It was just Michael Thomas without Drew Brees, man. He's now had like 12 games over the years with Teddy Bridgewater, with Taysom Hill, and now with Jameis Winston. And every single time he keeps putting up bigger and better numbers than ever. So in this Saints passing game, yeah, Alave sitting down there 4,500. Jarvis Landry still exists. Taysom Hill's now banged up. So maybe Jawan Johnson gets going again. Really like them like this week. Again, against a Panthers team that seems closer and closer to quitting on Matt Rule by the week. Can't say I blame them. Panthers running back Christian McCaffrey, absolutely fine. I'm just getting annoyed at Carolina for putting him on the injury report in the first place and then immediately telling us he's fine because Twitter does not know how to just chill for 10 minutes. So that's life there, but he's fine. Continue to start him in 100% of fantasy leagues. Obviously don't need me to tell you that. Cardinals running back James Conner, he does appear to be a true game-time decision. Now, Cliff Kingsbury calls everyone game-time decisions. Connor did manage to get in two limited practices at the end of the week. We've consistently heard that it's not an issue. Like, Nick, if Connor's out there, I'll probably bump him down a little bit, maybe more like RB 16 to 18 range, put him a little closer to Dave Montgomery than I'm used to doing. It should still be in most starting lineups, though. Unfortunately, if he's not out there, between Eno Benjamin and Daryl Williams, not really anyone we can feel good about. I agree. I and I, I think I fall on the other side of the fence from you. I think that I would I would go uh, with Daryl Williams if I have to choose one of them. Uh, but it, yeah, I, I have Connor's RB seventeen this week. It's really tough because Daryl, if you just look at their usage last week, Daryl did have some of the more fantasy-friendly goal line snaps and things. Just a one-week sample. In week one, we thought Eno was the guy because he was the only one that came in and played after Connor got taken out of the game. But then again, that was kind of more in blowout script. So maybe that was an indictment in and of itself that Eno was uh, playing over Daryl. So would really rather avoid them both. I think it's a fair point to maybe go with Daryl in full PPR though otherwise. All right, Ravens running back J.K. Dobbins practice in full all week. Again, he's listed as questionable. Again, you cannot trust him if he's active. Again, same thing with Michael Gallup. Like even if these guys come back and it's good that they are seemingly both on the verge of coming back, let's just get one week in before we do anything. I'll continue to answer the majority of close start sick questions involving Dobbins with the other guy and in similar New Orleans can't trust his three-headed committee behind him. Even Kenyon Drake, I want nothing to do with him. Find someone better. Buccaneers running back Leonard Fournette listed as questionable with that hamstring injury. Practice all week in a limited fashion. This happened last week. Fully expecting Lenny to be out there and maintaining his usual RB1 uh, caliber workload. Rashad White instantly, though, in the RB2 conversation. If Fournette ever gets sidelined, he should not be on any waiver wires. With the Lions, DeAndre Swift officially questionable with the ankle injury. They didn't get in the full practice all week. Nick, have you heard anything about Swift's reps being managed again? Because they really were last week. Now, he busted a run for 50 yards, and he somehow turned that swing pass into a 30-yard touchdown. So we know what the guy can do, but are you expecting Swift to hopefully be back more to his normal role this week? Uh, so I'm not worried about it because the Minnesota Vikings front, is you can run on it. So even if he is limited, like I, I'm, I'm not really panicking, but n- no, I mean, I, I think that they'll keep managing him. They have Jamal Williams there. So I think that they'll manage his reps for as long as they need to. 
And once again, similar to Kamara, similar to James Conner, it's just going to be awfully difficult to keep Swift out of any starting lineup. Last week when I was getting the start sick questions with him, I want to say I went with Swift like every single time. If you have a lineup that shouldn't have DeAndre Swift, like you have such a freaking <laughs> good uh, problem to have that, you know, you really shouldn't even be throwing that out there in the public. You know, a lot, a lot of people have it worse off than you. No need to, no need to be rubbing that in the face. Hey, Eric, what are we talking about here with Devin Singletary? Did I miss something here? You guys can't be doing this to me in an injury show. I think Devin Singletary is fine. Shout out Devin Singletary. All right, here's the real problem going on, guys. Raiders running back Josh Jacobs. He's listed as questionable with the illness. He missed practice on Thursday and Friday. We got word that he is not ice even traveling with the Raiders on their trip to Nashville to face the Titans. So this basically, like I'm expecting now to get to Saturday downgraded to out news because this is usually what happens after we get news like this i guess nick technically it's not impossible that jacobs get on a plane tomorrow i can't ever remember a time though where the guy missed the first flight and went on to play though can you i there i i feel like i recall one time and it was like like a brady level player or something okay. like that but i am we're, that's not what we're talking about here so no i i i would be pretty shocked no actually it might have been a gronk issue anyway um no i i can't imagine that they send him like the following day on a bus or something no <laughs> i do uh yeah i think you're right about the gronk thing i don't remember the specifics but i remember he did have a couple of these flight issues going on so with that in mind brandon bolden is good to go with the hamstring I think he takes his pass down roll back from Amir Abdullah, and then I think Zamir White takes over the heavy majority of work that Josh Jacobs was getting. This is why handcuff backfields and just these committees in general are so tough to parse through sometimes. But Brandon Bolden, like the last time he had 10 carries in a game was back in 2015. Like I just think that we would have seen anything, you know, in the recent future when Josh McDaniels has continuously been coaching this guy that they treat him as anything other than the situational pass down back. So Amir Abdullah could make this more into a committee. I do think having Zamir White on your fantasy rosters right now, he is the best guy I would put ahead of, you know, just these other two with Josh Jacobs. It is a chance, though, that we see a committee. So I don't think Zamir White is this, like, Alexander Madison type of player where it's like, Tony Pollard like we don't need to squeeze him in the lineups of all shapes and sizes but it's certainly looking on the up and up like hey uh, our guy Eric listening just mentioned Devin Singletary I think I would probably start Zamir White over Devin Singletary right now Nick it's close but that's about that's the range um yeah just a note I actually I, I uh, messaged Nathan Yankee about the uh the Raiders backfield situation and he didn't necessarily take a stance I'm not trying to put words in his mouth but the final final line in what he sent me back was I wouldn't be surprised if it's a three-man committee rather than two again he didn't he's not taking a stance but that was his yeah yeah, absolutely. And we do know Amir Abdullah a little bit more capable of handling some rushing work, I think, than what they'll necessarily try to put on uh, Brandon Bolton's plate. So right now, again, looking at the ranks, we haven't gotten words like this is God, this is what pissed me off about reporters and beat writers, man, because every single reporter is just going to repeat the same damn thing that the Raiders just told us that Josh Jacobs is questionable. He didn't make the team flight. And now we just need to cross our fingers that one of these experts, one of these insiders can tell us what is actually going to happen now with the backfield instead of just repeating the news that we can all see from the Raiders themselves, but we have this weird freaking inclination in society to have other people repeat the same information and call it reporting the news, Nick. I, it, I just, it pisses me off every single time. They're inside the organization. Tell me, tell us who the other running back is going to be. And if you don't know, what the hell are you doing during practice all week long? You're, you're, uh, 
they're practicing insider uh, or uh, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're being nice to the team. That's how they're getting in there. Um, just, you know, you, you start scrolling on some of these uh, national reporters, Twitters and go back a week, man, and find me like how many things they actually say aren't just copied like word for word from the official team accounts. Like, please, anything you have the resources. So hopefully fingers crossed, we get more news on Zamir White and his projected backfield rotation. I do lean towards Nathan with it being three players. So last week it was like 75, 25 in favor of Jacobs. I would guess something like 50, 60 in favor of Zamir White and then Bolden and Abdullah splitting the rest. So Zamir White, someone that I'm going to have ranked, I would say one spot ahead of Devin Singletary. He's right there with Damian Pierce. and a, He's Damian Pierce in a better offense. I now feel like I have cracked his Amir White code. I'm happy we talked that through, uh, Nick. So low, mid-tier RB3. Don't need to force him into starting lineups. But, hey, someone that I think we're going to look up and he's going to have 15 or more combined carries and targets. Is that fair? Okay. Uh, I think 15 is probably high. It, just for, for clarity's sake on, on what Nathan said, it, he just he called back to the, the Hall of Fame game and just and, and everybody should go make their own judgments on that. But there was just there was some split usage there. I think 15 would probably be a lot. Maybe maybe you're hoping for 10. Like I, I feel like he's a he's a touchdown or bust kind of play. And it it's maybe just like 10 carries. And if, if he's the guy that they dial up inside the 10 or inside the five, then you win that week. But otherwise, I, I don't know that he has a huge upside here. If Kenyon Drake was still on this roster, I'd be completely out. But again, just what sure. we're seeing with Bolden and Abdullah being the two guys they brought in this offseason, and they've always been very clear pass down backs to me. So I do think Samir White has always been the handcuff for Josh Jacobs. I think we're going to see that here. Warranted RB3 option. All right. Final note here, 49ers running back Tyrion Davis-Price expecting to miss multiple weeks here with this ankle issue. Jeff Wilson, strong candidate to see 20-plus touches, man. Like, seriously, TDP, Elijah Mitchell out. Trey Lance is sidelined. Like, maybe Mason comes in and gets something, but even then, we saw last week, Jeff Wilson was clearly the guy ahead of TDP, and he was also he was clearly the guy ahead of Mason. So, if anything, man, I wouldn't be surprised if it's more so just Jeff and Debo with a little bit of Kyle Juice check here and there, but Jeff Wilson is someone that I think when we you know went out and got him off the waiver wire in week one, no, we weren't treating it like Elijah Mitchell last year necessarily, but now after these other round of injuries that happen in week two, you're feeling really good about Jeff Wilson this week. I have him as my RB19 ahead of guys like CPAT, Kareem Hunt, who already played, but uh, Stevenson, Claude Solaire, amongst others. Let's talk some wide receivers now. Bill's wide receiver, Gabriel Davis, seemingly on the right side of questionable after practicing in a limited fashion all week. He is still dealing with that an- ankle injury. Who? The Jake Kumaro thing is messing with my mind a little bit here, Nick, because just the fact that they played him ahead of Isaiah McKenzie and uh, Jamison Crowder there last time we saw him on Monday night, I do wonder if we could see all these guys rotating a little bit if Davis isn't back at 100%. With that said, man, this is just a shootout waiting to happen. Both these secondaries are all kinds of banged up. Gabriel Davis should be in the overall majority of starting lineups. I fully agree. Yeah. Looking at, you know, just the overall rankings of it. If you want to start looking at him versus guys like Allen Robinson, like Adam Thielen, Bateman, that's fine. I'd probably give him the slight nod on all of them. I'm looking at about wide receiver 22 ranking right now. Seems pretty fair. With the Colts, they are getting their wide receivers back. Michael Pittman back from missing last week with the quad issue. Alec Pierce also back from the concussion. Pierce being back means he's going to be splitting more with Ashton Doolin. Neither of them are realistic options. Michael Pittman cemented as a top 12 wide receiver anytime he's healthy enough to suit up. So go back to the well there. With the Chargers, mentioned this briefly in the Herbert discussion, but Keenan Allen listed as questionable. He didn't practice on Friday. 
Brandon Staley said he was 50-50, really have a backup option. I would not – like if you have even like a wide receiver three type, if it's between like a Garrett Wilson or a Devontae Smith or something like that versus Keenan Allen because you got to make the decision because of the 4 o'clock start, I would take the guy we're more convinced in playing. Like Nick, based on what we're seeing, reading between the lines, I don't expect Keenan Allen to play this week. I agree. No, if, if they gave um, first team reps to um, to Chase Daniel on Friday, like that's, I would be really surprised if if Justin Herbert uh, is playing. I and I and I thought he was going to end up playing, but that yeah. that's a, a pretty um, in, that's an an indicating move. Um, a note on the uh, the Colts wide receivers here. I did write up Pierce as a as an avoid this week. Uh, Rashad Fenton, cornerback for uh, Kansas City Chiefs, he is just a straight baller, and he's the guy who's projected to be covering Pierce this week. Uh, I, you know, he's, he's interesting because he's like theoretically the number two there and it's it's a strange passing game. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm way off of him and I'm, I'm very much in on as Pittman as a, a wide receiver one. Taylor Pittman, and we don't need to talk about anyone else in this offense, maybe for the rest of the season or the way things are going right now. Normally without Keenan in the picture, Joshua Palmer would be a viable wide receiver three. But when you take Justin Herbert out of it, it changes everything. And we've seen this, you know, throughout the year. I've talked about the Cowboys and Patriots backfields a little bit and how when you all of a sudden you don't have the top six scoring offense attached to these things, we need to adjust our expectations accordingly. So Pre-Justin Herbert concern, I had Josh Palmer as my wide receiver 35. As I look at it now, I think he's going to be closer to wide receiver 50. With the Broncos, with the Broncos, Jerry Judy, officially questionable with a rib and shoulder. I saw a note from Underdog NFL, love our friends over there, Nick, where it was that he, he expects to play. Was that out of Judy's mouth that he said that? I don't know. I, I, I didn't see that. All, all I got was that he was questionable today. I believe Jerry Judy expects to play, and I do trust those guys enough. Yeah, Jerry Judy ribs expects to play in week three, and we also got from Zach Stevens. He said if he feels the way he does today, he won't even need any extra padding. Fantastic. Jerry Judy, there you go. Slot him in as that, you know, low-end, borderline wide receiver too, maybe even higher. But, yeah, I, I would not – Hat because they are the Sunday night game Broncos 49ers. I'd be if Jerry Judy's your starting wide receiver, go ahead and go with Jerry Judy if you think he should be the higher ranked guy. I'm not factoring in that injury into the discussion after seeing that. KJ Hamler is questionable with the knee and hip injury that we don't apparently wasn't really a setback, but could be a setback because why did he not play? Regardless, can't trust him this week. Tyree Cleveland also questionable. Kendall Hinton's going to be the next man up there, but more than anything, it should just be the Cortland Sutton show. Fire him up in lineups of all shapes and sizes. Here's a really disgusting one, Nick. We got Chris Godwin, hamstring, out. Mike Evans, suspension, out. Julio Jones, knee, true game-time decision. Russell Gage, hamstring, questionable. Brashad Perryman, knee, questionable. I think Gage and Perryman are going to play. Scotty Miller was also banged up. But right now, like, we could legitimately have three wide receiver sets. The top four wide receivers could be Brashad Perryman, Scotty Miller, Russell Gage, and Cole Beasley. I don't know if I'm going to have any – Russell Gage, like, right now for me is my wide receiver 50. I might bump him up a spot or two if all these other guys are out. But, man, like, it, it just sucks. It's crazy that we have all these injuries and we can't get behind any of them as Tom Brady's wide receiver one. But, unfortunately, that's reality, Nick. It's Leonard Fournette in this offense right now, and I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, I agree. Um, they've they've had a bunch of injuries on the interior of the offensive line, and Gage is going to have to work against Rasul Douglas and then sometimes J- uh, Yair Alexander. Both of those guys are top five in PFF coverage grade this year. Um I, I think we just we start the running backs in this one and then we don't we don't bother with the rest. Takes us too quickly, those Packers wide receivers. Alan Lazard is good to go. 
Hey, if, if you are going to start one wide receiver from these games, I think it probably should be Alan Lazard. Even sure. then, though, we're looking at more of a wide receiver three type. I do have him ranked wide receiver 28. That's a little high as I, you know, say it out loud to all you lovely listeners right now. But, you know, even then, it'd be tough for me to move him down too much further. Solid wide receiver three. Not something you need to force in the lineup, though. I mean, this game total has crashed, man, from like 48, 49. Last I saw was at 42. So, He's going to play, but Sammy Watkins is out and Randall Cobb as well as Christian Watson are questionable with an illness and hamstring injury respectively. So Romeo Dobbs should see a bump, but once again, it's just an offense that you look at the box score after the game and a bunch of guys have you know only three or four targets. So if you don't have any of Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady's receivers in your starting lineup, probably a good thing. Never thought I'd let those words you know come out of my mouth, but here we are, Nick. Week three in 2022, we're already saying crazy shit like that. One guy that you can maybe try to get if you need a replacement, you know, for some of these receivers, Patriots wide receiver Jacoby Myers. I'm guessing he's on most rosters, but some of these smaller leagues, who knows? With the knee injury, he did return to practice on Friday and tentatively expected to play through the questionable tag. Fine enough wide receiver four and full PPR scoring. One interesting one, Nick, I'd like your take on this. Traylon Burks is fine. He had a little ankle injury, but Kyle Phillips listed as doubtful with that shoulder issue. Burks, man. Whole offseason has gone wrong, but we're finally starting to get a little hype here. His usage is moving in the right direction. And just in the brief times we've seen him on the field, he, I don't want to say completely lives up to the hype. A lot of people were putting, you know, Josh Gordon mixed with, uh, you know, A.J. Brown type of stuff into the Traylon Burks comps that were getting a little wonky there for a bit. But I think Burks now, wide receiver four territory, like this Titans-Raiders game, Sneaky shootout, in my opinion, and with some of this running back issues going on with Raiders, maybe we do see them forced to throw the ball more. Overall thoughts on Traylon Burks this week and moving forward? Yeah, I, I put him in one of my uh, five wide receivers to target this week. Uh, the situation is, is uh, so pulling the, the curtain back here, Ian and I were messaging, or I was messaging Ian about uh, Nate Hobbs and whether he had been asked to travel uh, to, or shadow cover AJ Green last week. It, he didn't He didn't shadow cover him. He just lined up on the same side a bunch because Cliff Kingsbury doesn't move his wide receivers around. But it did get me thinking that he, he might be more concerned with the veteran wide receivers rather than the young guys. So um, I broke it down in this piece, but the, the main takeaway here is that I don't think Burks is actually going to have to work against Nate Hobbs very often. I, I'm very high on Kyle Phillips. And so the fact that he's out, uh, I think we've, we're just going to get more targets for Burks. And I, I kind of think that this is Burks' uh, breakout week. If you don't mind, I do want to pose a question to you, though. For people who might be working on uh, trying to figure out late swap, or, or rather even in like redraft leagues, let's say you've got Mike Williams and Jerry Judy. Which one of those two guys are you like if we find out that Justin Herbert's not playing are you shake are you moving off Mike Williams to Jerry Judy or is it still BMW over over Judy I would go Mike over Judy if Keenan Allen's also confirmed out if Keenan Allen's back then I think I would go with Judy over Mike cool. is that fair yeah that was, for sure, that was for sure a personal question by you too, right? No, no, no. I just, I just <laughs> thought of it while we were going. No, I, I unfortunately, I, I'm all in on Cortland Sutton. I don't really have any in Judy in all my league. So, uh, oh, no, you're I, good, I, man. I, I pull that shit all the time. I remember last year I was trying to do this like trade with my buddy. Um, and I was like live podcast with Dwayne. I just like started going through it with them. And like I did the trade, and then my buddy heard the episode the next day and he was like, You mother. But uh, oh, that's funny. Gotta, you gotta worry about number one sometimes, Nick. But that's I, fair. Yeah. Ravens wide receiver Devin Duvernay, good to go. Clear the concussion protocol. Still a pretty thin play overall. I mean, this passing game is going to be going through Bateman and Mark Andrews. But, hey, three touchdowns in, you know, two weeks. One of them was a kick return. 
Sorry, not sorry. The guy's really good at football. James Proch is questionable with the groin. So sneaky GPP play potentially for Duvernay. But again, I think we probably already saw his best games. Cowboys wide receiver Michael Gallup tentatively expected to suit up, which is great news. Snap count all but confirmed, and it's Monday night. So, no, don't start Gallup this week. If you happen to see him on the waiver wire, go get him because the the days are going to be here where we are starting him soon. You know, can't do it this week, but good news overall with him coming back. With the Cardinals, Rondale Moore hamstring out. DeAndre Hopkins still suspended for beaver tranquilizers. Antoine Wesley on IR, on IR with the groin injury. Marquise Brown, Greg Dorch, and A.J. Green continuing to make up the three wide receiver sets. Honestly, it's Marquise Brown, Zach Ertz, and then pretty close to everyone else. And, Nick, just the whole Greg Dorch thing, man, like – I'm not a big victory lapper to begin with, but can we just say we were right on Rondale Moore at this point? Like, if Greg freaking Dorch is doing all this, what would Rondale Moore be doing right now? Hey, this is this is pissing me off. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Rondale, Tim Patrick, Trey Lance. Uh, I just – I wanted to see it, man. If we were going to fail, I'll go down with the ship and we'll fail, but we didn't even get a chance. Shout out, though, by the way, I've been having this, having this up for a minute. Sleeper of the day is, in fact, Traylon Burke. Shout out to our lovely sponsors over at Sleeper. Love you guys. All right, Packers wide receiver. Lazard is good to go. I mentioned that. Watkins out. Cobb Watson and are questionable. Romeo Dobbs should be up. Jets wide receiver Corey Davis. Maybe we conditioned the injury report, but we did get, you know, again, shout out to underdog NFL. He is tentatively expected to play through this knee injury. So still expecting him to annoyingly be out there. Maybe he'll do good things. But Corey Davis is just now kind of like a Melvin Gordon type player where he can do really great things and we're just going to ignore him because we kind of wish his teammates were doing those instead. So still Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore expected to be the top guys. But when Corey's out there, man, uh, he does just kind of lower that ceiling for everyone involved. I do like the potential for Elijah Moore bounce back week. The process was right last week, Nick. I'm going to I'm gonna go with that. Let's not get completely off of Elijah Moore. Guys like him and Kyle Pitts just yet. Chiefs wide receiver, Miko Hardman, not even listed on the final injury report with that heel issue. Should be the clear-cut number three behind Juju and MVS. Bears wide receiver, Vilas Jones, listed as doubtful with a hamstring injury. Darnell Mooney, the only wide receiver you can even think about throwing in the lineup, and even then, meh. Raiders wide receiver, Hunter Renfro, out with a concussion. I don't think there's going to be a single receiver necessarily step into that starting lineup, Nick. I think it'll be Devontae Adams and Matt Collins, and maybe just two more two tight end usage with Darren Waller and Fossum Moreau. Shocking, shocking to see Darren Waller's usage last week. Like, what, he played 56 or something percent of the snaps? Now, he got out there and they threw him the ball, so it is what it is, but... Hopefully, man, we just at least see them out there all the time. This could maybe be a sneaky. Again, this Titans-Raiders game, maybe I'm just paying too much attention to it, but I feel like this could be a situation where we see both Adams and Waller finally you know, get those double-digit target shares in a game where it makes sense if they don't want to run the ball without Josh Jacobs. Did Derek Carr, Adams, Waller, is that one of those uh, DFS tournament lineups you're a fan of? Oh, absolutely, yeah. And and what's neat about uh... – Renfro being the one that's that's out is I don't think that Hollins is going to slide into the slot very often. So I think it's just going to be Adams and Waller kind of cycling between the perimeter and, and the slot. And, and, you know, we like that. Absolutely. Adams down week just seems inevitable that he bounces back in a major way. Dolphins wide receiver Cedric Wilson is questionable. We don't care because the offense goes through Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Quez Watkins, good to go with the illness. Good for him. Wandale Robinson continues to miss practice with the knee. Kadarius Tony hamstring downgraded to a DMP on Friday. I still can't quit Tony. Uh, 
I don't know why I can't quit Tony. I can't even rationalize it to myself, but I just can't. But my God, you cannot start either of these guys on Monday night. And if you don't want them on your roster, like you're very, very warranted to do so. I will not call you a, you know, a person or anything. Saints wide receivers, Traquan Smith and Deontay Hardy, both good to go. Clear backups. Rams wide receiver, Van Jefferson, again out. Ben Skrullneck takes a spot in three wide receiver sets, but more than anything, Matthew Stafford condenses his target share around Cup, Allen Robinson, Tyler Higby. All three of those guys, man, Higby and A-Rob included, I think should be in the majority of lineups this week. This Cardinals defense, as bad as the Cardinals offense has looked in the first half, I think the Cardinals secondary, just in general, pass defense, has looked worse this entire season. Like, pick a stat, any stat, they're going to be a bottom five group. Really love Stafford. Over 272 and a half, I believe, passing yards. That's the prop this week. Love, love, love that over. All right, guys, tight end. George Kittle, back, not listening on the injury report. And he's going to need to play probably a full-time role with Tyler Croft. His backup actually already ruled out. Again, as shitty as the Trey Lance injury is for Trey Lance and the 49ers, I think best case ambitions. Having Jimmy G right now in the year 2022, objectively better for all these skill position guys. So George Kittle immediately back in as a top five option would not, you know, would not uh th- <laughs> I think you could have a really big game on Sunday night as I try to say some triple negative bullshit. So Bill's tight end, Dawson Knox. He is questionable with the foot injury, but he does seem to have a good chance to play after getting him back to back limited practices to end the week. Don't really need to worry about this one because he is playing at one o'clock. So I think he's good to go. Feel fine about Dawson Knox, weekly low end touchdown dependent tight end one. Less good one to feel about is Cowboys tight end Dalton Schultz with that PCL injury. Did not practice on Thursday or Friday. We'll find out his official designation tomorrow. Try to get like a Tyler Higby or someone like that, though, versus Jake Ferguson. Like if you need to on Monday night and maybe Schultz is like a game time call, okay. But I would really try to go, you know, with one of these other guys playing on Sunday before trying to worry about that. This Cowboys-Giants game is going to be gross on Monday night, but football is football. Lions tight end TJ Hawkinson, questionable with the hip, practiced in a limited fashion all week. Still think that he's going to be out there. I'm treating Hawkinson just kind of like Dawson Knox where I'm not overly worried about it. A few more situations here. Bengals tight end Hayden Hurst, truly questionable with a groin injury. He got downgraded from full to limited on Friday. So backup Drew Sample has already been run off the knee injury. We could see Devin Asiasi, the uh, Patriots third rounder from a few weeks ago, with a near every down roll. I'm fine throwing a DFS dart to him. I'm guessing he's at 2,500, and that's, you know, a nice way to get off the probable Juwan Johnson chalk. But, you know, redraft. Let's chill out on these backup tight ends. It's not like the handcuffed running backs where even those we talked about Zamir White, like those can be different from team to team, but tight ends and wide receivers, like expecting the next guy up to just take the same sort of target share, usually wishful thinking. This one was interesting to me, Nick, because with the Dolphins, we saw Mike Tosicki have a nice little game for himself last week. Great catch in the back of the end zone. His problem has just been getting on the field because they're kind of trying to put, you know, square peg in a round hole with forcing him in line. Might not have much of a choice right now. We had Shaheen in the preseason get put on IR. Now Hunter Long with the ankle injury and Seth and Carter are both out. They might not have much of a choice to play Mike Tusecki this week on a lot of snaps, and he's now facing a Bills defense that is already out with Tredavious White. They have two defensive tackles out, and they could be out both of their starting safeties. Mike Tusecki, yeah. man, someone that I think that I've been down on a lot of the offseason because – of all the issues he had getting on the field. Well, hell, you take away the three issues in front of him in the depth chart, and all of a sudden I'm back in on Mike Jasicki here. Yep, I think it's fair. Um, I don't I he's he's not a great fit for the the system, but I this is like a, a perfect smash spot for him. And uh yeah, both uh Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde have been ruled out. They did take Poyer out for sure. I thought it was questionable. Either way, I mean from what I saw earlier, yeah, he he okay. was already ruled out. 
Michael Hyde, yeah, and then Jordan Phillips and Ed, Ed Oliver as well on that defensive line. So, yeah, Dolphins secondary and the Bills secondary, all kinds of banged up. Hopefully get a good old-fashioned shootout there in Miami. Ravens tight end Isaiah likely officially questionable with a groin injury. Was only going to really be interested in him if Devin DuVernay was sidelined, but he's not. So with likely, hey, he'll, he'll likely ha-ha, look pretty good you know, on his three or four targets if he's healthy enough to be out there. Jets tight end CJ Uzoma looks like he's ready to return. He got into full practice on Friday, still listed as questionable. But what Uzoma back? Hopefully you weren't in the position where you needed to play Tyler Conklin, but sadly, if you were, he is looking like, you know, a much worse play now that CJ Uzoma is back in the picture. Chargers Chargers tight end Donald Parham is questionable with his hamstring injury. He did practice in a limited fashion all week, though. So I do think that Gerald Everett, like, He's he's still going to be a tight end one every single week, but if we take away Justin Herbert, we start adding back Donald Parham. I wouldn't all of a sudden. I would all of a sudden be going with other options over Gerald Everett. So Everett, I had ranked as my tight end ten before you know this week and before Justin Herbert uh, became now a severe risk of not playing. Probably looking at bumping him behind guys like Logan Thomas, like Evan Ingram, like even Irv Smith. So Gerald Everett for me, without Justin Herbert in the picture, much more of a middling tight end too, especially with Parham potentially coming back. That third of you, Nick? Yeah, uh, yeah. And I wrote up Everett as a, a DFS play, but um, it was only if Herbert was going to be active. And yeah, that ship has sunk. For sure. All right. Texas tight end Brevin Jordan out with an ankle injury. And Farrell Brown is questionable with the shoulder. Maybe just maybe week one hero OJ Howard, you know, getting this full time role now. The amount of like min price tight ends we're going to have a potential chance to choose from uh, is complete madness. But generally, you know, shouldn't be going this far down into the dumpster uh, to go get your season long guy. Again, you know, I think there's a pretty consensus like my tight end ranks, like after the top. I'll, I'll just go through it real quick. Kelsey, Andrews, Waller, Pitts, Goddard, Ertz, Knox. Like, I don't think that's too crazy. Tyler Higby, he's still on a lot of waiver wires, surprisingly. If he's out there and you need to, you know, fill in a spot for one of these guys, definitely get him. Oh, yeah, and Kittle obviously needs to be in there now that he is playing, so that's great. After Higby, Hawkinson, yes, we had Fryermuth play last night. Logan Thomas, Evan Ingram and Irv Smith. Those should be your three kind of waiver wire additions. I think are going to be available in more leagues than not. Do you have one of those you prefer more than others, Nick? I would say Logan Thomas gets a slight nod for me. We've seen his snaps and routes going up each of the first two weeks. That's fair. I was probably going to go with Higby, but I don't have any issue with. with Definitely. Yeah, definitely Higby. I was saying between Thomas, Ingram and Irv. Oh, oh, my bad. Um, Yeah, Logan Thomas. That's fine. Cool. Yeah, definitely Higby if uh, you're able to still get him in those leagues. I just hate – I don't want to be the guy that's like, yeah, you know, just go pick up this player that's, you know, only 10% available in a bunch of them. But I do think it's more than that. With the Bears, tight end Ryan Griffin is out with an Achilles injury, meaning Cole Komet should play a near every down role, maybe even just, I don't know, catch a pass this week. Really doesn't matter. I mean, Griffin has gotten some targets away from Komet, but Komet's underlying numbers have been solid. Like, you would expect him to not even be out there. He is. He's been out there. He's just not getting the ball because, again, as uh, that lovely Twitter account reminded us, Justin Fields, 33rd in pass attempts in a football league with just 32 teams. Packers tight end Mercedes Lewis, questionable with a groin injury. Small bump for Robert Tunyon if he's out, but the Packers and just what they do under Matt LaFleur, they're still going to be using three-plus tight ends regardless. And Saints tight end Taysom Hill, officially questionable with a rib injury. While off the fantasy grid, Juwan Johnson, better play for desperate rosters. Just a few things around the league, more defensive stuff and uh, you know maybe a lineman or two. But yeah, talked about the Bills. 
Michael Hideout with the neck injury, Jordan uh, Jordan Poyer with the foot. I, I saw questionable, but if he's ruled out, that could very well happen. I'll check on it. I appreciate it. Uh, quarterback Dane Jackson, he's out. He's joining Tredavious White on the sideline. And we got Ed Oliver and Jordan Phillips out. Tim Settle could also be sidelined. So, yeah, this Bills defense, number one in EPA allowed per play. Like, I was really expecting them to maybe give uh, two on company just, you know, a hard time after such an incredible week two comeback from them this point though i don't know how this you know your full backups are on the field going to be tough to slow down that offense but on the other side of the ball not very healthy either byron jones still on the pup Xavier howard listed as questionable with that groin injury stefan diggs gabe davis josh allen all these guys don't be afraid to go to the bank you are going to the bank absolutely every week ravens cornerback room remains banged up marlon humphrey marcus peters the marion williams and brandon stevens all listed as questionable with various ailments hey if there is going to be a time that Mac Jones and this Patriots passing game gets back on track, maybe it is this week. Jacoby Myers will be the one guy I would be willing to trust in season long. I would note my mismatch manifesto article. I like looking at combined pressure rates and Matthew or not Matthew Stafford. Kirk Cousins was popping as the worst matchup of the week in terms of projected pressure. Now the Lions are 14th in pressure rates, So I think this is more so an indictment on just how the Vikings have struggled to protect Cousins over the first two weeks. But we do have number two overall pick Aiden Hutchinson questionable with a thigh injury and their other DN John Kaminsky has already been ruled out. So Kirk Cousins has all day to throw now, you know, with Thielen and Justin Jefferson going up against these corners, more pass first offense. I do think uh, finally, man, Adam Thielen could be back there finding the end zone. Fun stat I pulled today. Adam Thielen has not gone three straight regular season games, with, excluding the injured stuff, without a touchdown since 2018. I believe he's plus 165 anytime touchdown. Heard it here first. Packers left tackle David Bakhtiari questionable and seems to actually have a decent chance to get back this week. Will be huge. We shall see. And also have Panthers cornerback Dante Jackson questionable with that hamstring issue. Bad news against, you know, Chris Olave. I was ready to kind of wait a week on Chris Olave. Just as you said before, we've all heard the air yard stats and all that going on. But man, now you put a hobble guy out there. He doesn't seem overly chalky on uh, DraftKings, at least in terms of our projected ownership. Again, Jameis, Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, maybe even sprinkle a little Jarvis Landry. That's the kind of, again, underrated passing stack I'm feeling best about this week, Nick. Yeah. So, okay, two follow-up points there. You are right. So apologies for the shoddy reporting here. Jordan Poyer, only questionable. Okay. Um, but on the Olave point, I wanted to write up uh, Jarvis Landry as a, a a player to target this week just because of the slot cornerback matchup. But Olave's situation is too good. I didn't, so I didn't want to just uh, zoom in on one guy there. For sure, man. And hey, again, only two weeks since Landry went off. And I know in these early parts of the season, oh, it's like if Kyle Pitts can't do it this week, when's he ever going to do it? I don't know. Probably week four in that case if he can't get it done uh, this week. So as much as, you know, it gets frustrating. And I know if you have Kyle Pitts out there and you're looking at that 0-2, God forbid it turns into an 0-3, it's really tough. But relax. Going to be okay. Just trust the process. So, Nick, great stuff, my friend, as always, on this lovely Friday edition of the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. Other people know what they can find from you over at PFF.com. Yeah, uh, as always, we got the uh, top five wide receiver cornerback matchups to target and avoid and the DFS cheat sheet. So go check those out. Great. There would be great. Again, follow Nick on Twitter at Nick Botterford NFL. You can find my quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, weekly positional breakdowns over at PFF. And if you just thought this injury information was good, guess what? I got a mini article I basically used as a show sheet that I said, hey, why why, why should I write 2.5K thousand? 
Jesus, 2,500 words, Nick. Why should I write all those and then just say, okay, that was a cool prep. I decided to publish it this year, put a little more work into it. And now we have a cool article to go along with this cool podcast. So we've done it, everyone. We reached the end of week three on Friday. Go Ohio State. Going to beat those frauds up from Wisconsin all over the field uh, Saturday night. Hope you guys had a fun, you know, Steelers-Browns experience on Thursday night. We got Cowboys freaking Giants on Monday night. That aside, though, should be a pretty fun Sunday slate. So really appreciate you guys tuning in. And as always, and for Nick, I'm Ian. Thanks again for tuning to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. Until next time, take care, everybody.